Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Geek Empowered On Air. This is Ahi Amu, your host. And we're going to get started off with a word from our sponsors. Hey everyone, so I was working on our courses for Geek Empowered and I wanted to record an episode to talk about this topic before I actually launched the course because I want to have a conversation about it. I want to hear other people's opinion about this topic and this is pretty much making money. Making money off of your business online. And there's many ways that you can generate revenue. And this used to mix, this used to really, how do I put this? I used to get so caught up on how do I make money for this business that I would change, I would completely change my business model based on how I wanted to make money instead of thinking about, well, what is my mission behind the business? I used to get mixed up all the time about this. And um, what I realized was I was following a consultant on social media. I wish I could remember her name. I can't remember the exact name, but I noticed she is Chicago land based. She's in the South suburbs of Chicago. And she talked about her whole job, which is basically she doesn't work with new entrepreneurs who have an idea and they want to execute that idea. She works with businesses who have been around for probably as long as I have, like one or two years. And they're like, okay, I know what makes me money, what doesn't make me money, what I can sell, what I can't sell, how I can make this work. And like she gave some really, really sound advice that I kind of want to share with you guys about um, how we can make income for our businesses. So there is a bit of history with my own personal business about income, what works, what doesn't work, how you can get caught up in like the stress and the mess of it all. So when I first started out, Geek Empowered, of course, we was under a different name and that whole story and not all of that stuff. And when I started, I was like, okay, whatever people hire me for, that's what I'm going to take on. And back then I was offering everything and then some. I was offering web design services. I was offering social media services. I was offering to be a photographer because at the time when I first got into tech, I kind of got in through photography. So I was like, maybe I should, I should start that back up again. Like I had gained some experience. I know how to market myself now, or at least I thought I knew how to market myself. And um, I was offering photography. I was offering videography. I was offering strategy. I was, I was offering everything that is marketing, marketing related underneath the sun. And I ended up with zero customers for like an entire year. I swear for an entire year, not even, I have one, I had one customer who was a family member who started off actually trying to purchase video services for me. And that's when I realized, that's when I realized, oh, I can't really do video because I don't have a camera. At least I do have a camera, but I had a camera with me in Houston and she lived in Georgia. So it wasn't going to work. I wasn't going to, I didn't have the chance to fly down to where she was at to record a video. And like, there was so many barriers. Like she didn't want to show a face. She didn't want to do this. And like, I had to figure out the laws around like, or can I just walk into, <laughs> for some reason, I thought I could just walk into a nursing home 
and start, you know, ask for permission, of course, and just start recording things at a nursing home. And then I started to go down because like that was the industry. The industry was healthcare. It was related to healthcare. So then I... (laughs) I wanted to go down my list to figure out, well, who works as a CNA? I don't have to record faces. I could just record people moving around like this. This is how desperate I was. And then there was a moment where I was like, you know what? I can't offer this as a service. And I think for a whole year, I was just crossing things off the list. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't even know what this means. Like, (laughs) I can't do these different things. So then what was left after crossing off pretty much everything was web design. And then I kept logo, like logo was always my back and forth. Logo was like, I can do it, but I'm not that great at it. I'm surprised you hired me for this, but it turns out I can really do it. And like, it just, it was always back and forth. And then I finally had to like, let it go. So I have took this business and like turned it around, flipped it upside down, did all the different things. And there was so many times where I would stop. And like, even on this podcast, I'm like, we're changing, we're changing, we're changing. And there was so many times where I would just stop and say, okay, what am I trying to accomplish here? Like, what am I really trying to do? And what I'm trying to do for people, and I best explained it many, many times before, but it's basically breaking down those barriers for people to build businesses and kind of support themselves so that when life hits, they're kind of prepared for it because there's so many barriers that we place on top of ourselves when we have other barriers that we need to be stomping down and burning down and like jumping over. So what I realized is once I had that mission down pack, like I want to help other small businesses. I want to help them create that tech foundation. So that way they don't get scammed by other people or they're sending, they're outsourcing a bunch of work, but they don't know what's going on. Like a lot of people are getting taken advantage of when it comes to um, wanting to build websites and wanting to get their tools and their processes in place. And I just want to create that foundation for them. So once you kind of get that settled for you, then you figure out, okay, well, how do I make money off of this? I can do it for them. I can teach them how to do it. I can coach them through it. Um, like there's like a good explanation was there's a difference between coaching and consulting and consulting is pretty much is your job to have the experience and the knowledge to give them the right answer. And for a coach, You are not giving them the answer, but you are giving, you are training them. You are giving them the discipline to find the right answer that works for them in their situation. So with that said, there's many different ways that you can make money, especially in, I'll use mine as as an example for my business for Geek Empowered. And um, I pretty much explored like all of them except for coaching. Like that's the one thing I just don't feel 100% comfortable doing because I have been trained as a consultant. That's where my expertise is. So I will stick, I will stick with that. So there's coaching for coaching your services. There is consulting where you can offer those services. There's also, um, actual e-commerce where people are shopping for your stuff and there's many ways that they can do that so there's the actual products whether it's a a book that I can give people like here's my ebook on how to create a um a massively generating or revenue generating website like I can write that as a book and sell that book I can also um create a subscription 
where people subscribe to a, either a membership or they subscribe where they get like a, a physical subscription box where maybe they'll get a, a book and a notepad and like <laughs> a rock to go throw at people. I'm joking. <laughs> but um, people can also pay for subscription boxes. Like I could go on and on and on and on and on. Like again, going into memberships and then going into subscriptions and then going into um, the actual, uh, what is it called? What is it called? passive income where you don't really have to do like this is a form like what I'm doing right now is a form of generating revenue because I am putting out value and I'm giving people advice and knowledge and experience and all that stuff through the podcast but we have sponsors we now have sponsors like before we didn't have sponsors but now we have sponsors where if it plays then Revenue will come in from that sponsored ad that plays, and then we create we generate money off of that and then there's also the blog if if we start taking on advertising for the blog on geekempower.com, which is not live, so don't go check the blog is not live it's not live for a reason because um what we are doing now is shifting our content we're shifting our content. And recycling some of it and um, making sure that everything fits well. So the blog is not live. But if the blog was up, that would be another source of income, which kind of falls under the same. It falls under the same umbrella as ad AdSense and um, having ads on our podcast. And then there's also. Um, actual brand sponsorships so that is a company coming to you and saying hey i'm coca-cola say coca-cola is great and um we'll give you money for it so there's also branding sponsorships so what you have to look at as a business is okay what is my mission what am what value am i giving people from my business and what are different ways that I can spread out that value. So for me, sharing experiences, sharing the resources that I find, giving tips on the tools that come out and the different programs and all the different things that's out there, that is me providing value for my listeners. And in exchange, well, not in exchange, but um, thinking about how I put out that value. I can put out that value through saying, hey, you pay me money, I will assess your situation and then I will create a solution for your situation. I can do that. It's customizable to you. It won't work for everybody else. This is just for you. This is why people pay for consultants. This is why people pay for coaches because in the beginning, you're out there and you're searching for all this information and what people put out there is stuff that works for them. You don't know if it's going to work for you without having some type of proof of it working for somebody that's in a similar situation to you. So paying for that one-on-one, like this, paying for that one-on-one consulting or coaching, you know that this is something that's catered to you and you can make that adjustment for your business. Like for example, Shea Butter Businesses, not Shea Butter Businesses, uh, what is it called? Health and beauty. That's the industry. Um, I don't know why I can't think of the word. But basically, if you sell shea butters and 
not to say that you could be a consultant for shea butters, but you can come across a situation. And I've seen some brands do this before, where they almost like give you a prescription where they're like, okay, do a one-on-one session with you. Do you suffer from eczema? Are you oily? Do you have dry spots? What fragrances do you like? And you could pretty much create like a customized product for them as one-on-one and they might pay a little bit more for that. Or they can actually do the e-commerce way where you just see the generic product that's there and just buy that. So you can flip all these situations around and, and kind of cater it to how your business works. Because again, I'm speaking from a web design consultant type of perspective. So it might be hard to kind of picture how this would work for a product-based business. But when it comes to the streams of when it comes to the revenue stream for e-commerce, that is it gears a lot towards a lot more towards product-based businesses, but you can also make e-commerce work for a service-based business too. So now that we know that there are many different ways that you can actually make money, and I can go on and on and on and break down each one of the different ways, which I may do in a later episode, let's talk about how we execute. So it's easy. At least I find it easy. It may not be easy for everybody. It's easy to kind of create the thing and put it out there. I've seen it happen a million times. I've done it even myself where I would like, oh, this is a nice worksheet thing or this is a nice course because like again I tried the courses over and over and over again and like I was poorly executing it and I had to research and really learn like okay what am I doing wrong the hardest part is getting the people to come and pay but the good news is once you find the equation that brings a customer to you and has that customer give you money in hand, online, in PayPal, or Stripe, wherever you're going to pay, and that money goes into your pocket, once you have that formula, then you have found gold. You, you can play around with that formula. You can test out different things. But once you have that solid formula, it's almost like you... It's like a, a faucet. I heard this before from another entrepreneur. Once you have that formula, you can open a faucet. You're like, the formula's on. It's switched on. Douche. Switched on. And then the clients come in. The funnel. The people come in. And then you take them through your funnel. And then you finally get those people who are willing to pay. And then when you're done and you got to actually do work, you, doom, shut that fa- uh, faucet up. So, shut that faucet up. Does that? No, that's not a thing. You close the faucet. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. (laughs) Oh my God. So again, how do we execute? So there's many different things that you have to look into when it comes to executing different types of revenue streams. Um, I could talk a bit about e-commerce first and then go into what does it look like for service-based businesses. So if you have a product, um, what I have seen worked, and I will say this over and over again because... I have seen this work many times and it's super, like, it's intriguing to watch it happen. Because for a lot of people, it might be a bit confusing. It's like, ugh, I don't get it. But what I have seen worked is 
people put themselves out there and not like all out, not like, oh, got a divorce and like my cat died and all that. Like, no, (laughs) that's not what I mean. You put yourself out there. You let the audience know this is who I am. This is what happened to me. This is what struck, striked my cord and said, okay, I need to do something about this. And this is how I started my business. People want to know that background story. And that's a huge difference between us as business owners and like big corporations. And I hear a lot of entrepreneurs say like, oh, I don't want to show my face. I don't want to show this. I don't want to give people a part of me, which you have every right to do. You have every right to not give out all your information or completely show who you are. Like, that's not that's not where I'm going at here. What I want people to put out there is their why. And the reason why I want people to put out their why <laughs> is because that why defines a problem that you saw and you wanted to solve. Like, for me, what tri- like what triggered Geek Empowered? I, what triggered it? I was introduced into a world that I did not know existed at all. And I knew I wanted to start a business. Like I was always wired that way. But it wasn't until I think it was in between Icy Stars and my first corporate job. There was a, there was a series of events, everything from a hackathon at... Um, in downtown Chicago to a um, my first Grace Hopper conference. Something triggered in me and was like, why doesn't everybody know about this? If people knew, and I say it over and over, if people knew that you could literally walk in with an idea and you can walk out with a business plan, for free because like the tech industry is very open it's very like what you need help go to so-and-so what you need help go to this program what you need help go to score chicago go to icy stars go to enterprise x go to colony five like go to all these different things and you can have an idea and get the support to execute that idea and push it out into the world and for me that was mind-blowing Like, that was mind-blowing. And to know that technology was, like, the driver behind this. I'm like, why isn't everybody doing this? Because before tech, like, I was... I don't want to say I was doing nothing, but, like, I was braiding hair. I settled... Well, a part of me settled and was like, okay, I'm just going to be braiding hair for the next, I don't know how many years, until I figure out something new. And um, that was my thing. Having access to these different opportunities, having access to these different programs, having access to the right support helped me figure out like, okay, what do I need to do to help more people get into this? So just understanding that why that got you started in the first place will help people comprehend the problem that you were facing. So, technically, what do you need to to start for e-commerce? Well, 
you need a product. <laughs> of course, you have to start with a product. Like the backstory and why you did everything is more along your marketing. This is your how, how you're going to get people to come. And the execution when it comes to tech, you need the product. You need a really good description. Like I always say, the visual has to be on point. Quality photos, quality, quality, good lighting. They can see the product, clean background, minimalist, very minimalist. Unless you are doing an ad, unless you're like, it's the holiday season. I want to throw my stuff in a Christmas tree and take a picture of the Christmas tree and put it at the top of my website. Then you better throw in all the lights, <laughs> all the reindeer that you could throw into the ad picture. That is perfectly fine. When it comes to people shopping, they want to see the product they want to know what it does for them. They want to know what's in it. Like when you go shopping, what do you ask? Like, especially what you put on your body and what you put in your body, especially when it comes to those two things, people want a lot more details. Like we live in a society who is very conscious of how larger corporations don't really care. (laughs) And they're like, we're selling you garbage for you to eat and you're going to eat it. Because you think it tastes good. You think it's good for you and all of that. But now we have a more smarter consumer where they want to do a little bit more research and they want to know. And if your story is um, a good example is my friend, Yael's Garden. I love her story. And every time I tell her, every time I see her and she's like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm like, if you don't go out there and tell people your god dang story, (laughs) I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose it. And like her story is really powerful and um and how she started was like it was really interesting. I want more people to know about it. But for, but for her like her hers will be a good example because she is that example that I use where people aren't really they aren't really aware of what are what are in these products that we use and like even if it's something as simple as lotion like I end up changing some of my habits because I connect, I reconnected with her and I learned about this stuff. And like, now I stick to simple, basic stuff when it comes to what I put on my body. And, um, you want your story to match how you present your products. So if you have that backstory where it's like, okay, I really want people to be conscious about what they put on their bodies and you put nothing in your description for the product, there's a mitch, there's a mismatch in your branding. So you want to make sure that that message that you put out there spreads across from when you are talking with people in person to when they land on your website to when they see that product. So high quality photos, you want to have a good copy. That copy is that description of like what's in it. Why is it good for you? Who is this product for? Like people want to know that type of stuff, especially if you have custom customized stuff. And this goes for services too. If you have a certain target audience that you are working with, you want to make sure the language that you use when you're presenting these products or services matches or it relates to that target audience. So you want to make sure the copy is good. Tech-wise, there's many tools that you can work with. Shopify is always a big one that people come up with for e-commerce because they are like a hub. They are a hub for entrepreneurs 
who sell products. There's also WooCommerce when it comes to WordPress. And then there's a few other tools that are popping up like Square. Square is a big one that I use for services, but surprisingly you can add your products on Square too to sell your stuff off of there. So when it comes to the services you offer, you can use some of the same methods that you use for products for your actual services. So using great photos, using great copy, making sure your message is clear, you can use those same strategies to sell your services online. But when it comes to the actual tech tools, you can do a little bit of tweaking. So you can actually present your service as a product. Um, I've seen people um, put events on, um, what is it called? I've seen people sell event tickets on Squarespace. I've seen people do it on WooCommerce. I've seen people sell subscription boxes on Shopify. So it's all about how you present that service and how you package it so that people can pay for it and you can actually deliver that service. I know my, from my own experiences, um, I charge, I have charged by the hour. I have charged project-based or um, what some people like to call value-based um, charging where you don't exactly put a set price on what you're delivering, but you put a price based on the value that your client gets out of the work that you're doing. So for one client, a website might be $450, which is super duper 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 cheap, or it can be the average is around $1,500 to $2,500 for like a static um, website to a $40,000 full-blown web application or not even a web application, like a, another website to actual web ap application that has been developed and like does all the things that has all the bells and whistles be like a good 100000 to like a, a million. I've seen projects that have been a million dollars, not my projects, but I've seen projects cost that much. So, um, the different tools that you can use to make sure that people pay you for your services and that you're able to deliver those services can range from using Square. Um, also, Acuity Calendar and Calendy. I'm not sure about Calendy, but I know with Acuity, you can set your prices for both Square and Acuity. You can set your prices for things like one-on-one coaching, um, scheduling consultations, those type of things. You can set up the price for what you charge for a consultation. And once somebody gets access to that link, they can press the link, they can go to that site, they can pay the fee, and then they can schedule the actual date that you're available. And then on that date, you provide that service. Um, so that works for more of coaches and consultants and that type of stuff. And then um, you can also invoice people. So this was my case when it came to my technical support, because some things you just can't predict. Like you won't really know how much work you're putting into something until after you find out the real problem. And when I first started charging for my one-on-one tech support, or my online tech support. I did online and I did in person. 
And what I wanted to do originally, because I was like, I want my money up front. I want it up front. I want my money because I'm tired of waiting. And I was trying to charge a flat weight rate fee up front. But then my technical task would range from something that takes like 20 minutes to something that takes a full week. And I ran into like a few cases where I thought it was going to be something simple. And then it turned out into a full week's worth of work. So then what I had to start doing was have people pay a deposit and then send an invoice later on. So you can have an e-commerce shop where you have downloadables and books, ebooks, and like worksheets and all the different things that people can purchase and they get right away. You don't even have to do anything. You just set it up where as soon as they pay, they can get their stuff right away. And then on the side or another stream of revenue for the same business, you can have your one-on-one services where people can actually schedule something with you. And then there's also the advertising. So those are the major three. There's like a, a ton of other things that you can generate revenue from, but the ads and um, AdSense working with advertisers, there's many ways that you can go about this. So you can sell spots on your podcast. Like for example, I have two different podcasts. I have this podcast that I'm speaking on now and I have Code Burnout. For Code Burnout, I actively go out and seek the sponsors. I actively go out and um, talk to people about the podcast and whether or not they want to support it. I'm even prepping a presentation that I have to go present to different organizations to see if they want to be involved. So that's one way of you getting advertisers. Well, in that case, it's more of a sponsor. So it can get confusing. So let me backtrack. For code burnout, I'm actively seeking sponsors. For Geek Empowered on air, we do advertising. So for Code Burnout, that is me going out prepping and um, telling people about the podcast and asking for their support. Sponsorship. For Geek Empowered, we are selling spots on our podcast to advertisers. So they might not necessarily want to support, but they're like, I want to get my stuff out there. So I'm paying you to help me get my stuff out there. So that is advertising. Um, You can also put your ads on um, your blogs. So your websites, your blog, if you're getting a lot of traffic there, people can have a graphic or a photo or something that you can add to that webpage. So that way, when your traffic flows in to your website, they can see that ad and you get paid. Um, some people have even worked with companies who give you a, they give you a few lines of code, like almost like injection code or, um, or not injection code. I'm sorry. It's pretty much some, it's like JavaScript. I've seen some mainly JavaScript, but it might be other stuff that's in there too. And what I've seen is you will have to go into the back end, put this code in there. It might generate like a photo or something or a link. And what people will have to do is come in and click that link. And then you'll, you'll get money off of people clicking that link. So now that we talked about the different ways that you can make money for your business, but still have that same mission for what you're striving for, in that business, and we talked about the different tools that you can use to produce sales, then we can go into 
the actual selling part, which is getting people to come to you and pay money for the goods and services that you offer through your business. Now, this happens with your marketing. So having a website is part of your marketing. Having business social media accounts is part of your marketing. Doing things like SEO and um creating content and having a strategy for that content is part of your marketing. And earlier in this episode, I talked a bit about your branding and how you need to put your story out there. And when it comes to selling, a lot of people have the habit of saying, just put yourself out there and people will come. In reality, when you, especially if you are a business who started because you were trying to solve a problem that you yourself has faced. And the reason why I talked a bit about your story and what leads you into starting your business is because if you faced a problem and you were like, there has to be a better way and you decided to create a better way to solve that problem, more than likely there are a ton of other people who also suffered from that same problem. So when you're doing your marketing, you need to use the language from the point of view where your ideal customer is facing that problem right now and that you can relate to them. And that you also want to share with them in your marketing how they will feel once they purchase your product or once they use your services. Like, do they feel better about their situation? Well, how do they feel better? Did it save them time? Did it save them money? Did it make them look good? Those are the things that you want to put out there so that your customers can get an emotional response to what they see. Because we're all, like, I listened to another podcast early today. And in reality, we are all irrational spenders. We spend out of emotion and then we think about it later we try to make a logical reason for why we spend excuse me my voice is going out but we try to make a a logical reason for why we spend the money irrationally so what you want to do is capture your customers through their emotions And have them in that place where they're like, yeah, I'm sick and tired of doing this. I'm sick and tired of doing that. I hate this cream that I'm using. I hate this cereal that I'm eating. And I do want to do better. I want to do better. And then that is what gets people to buy from you. So to wrap things up, you can have a business that does the set thing for this certain niche, for this certain set of people. And you can produce different streams of income in that business. So that way you are generating as much revenue as you can while solving this problem that you want to solve for your customers. Whether it's through e-commerce, whether it is through advertising or getting sponsors or selling a service or a subscription. There's so many different things that you can do that fits under this umbrella of your business. And there's many tools for each type of transaction or revenue. There's different tools that you can use to execute those different ways of getting paid in your business. And for products, that's for e-commerce and products, you can use Shopify. You can use WooCommerce for WordPress. You can use Square. You can, um, I'm trying to think of another 
tool that people commonly use. You can use other CMS platforms like web, a lot of website providers or website builders. They are now offering e-commerce as a serve as a they are offering e-commerce selling as a feature on their tools. And when it comes to selling your services, you can get really creative with it. You can still go the e-commerce way and present your service as a product. You can also use tools like Square and Acuity to actually have people schedule appointments with you. Or you can also do the traditional way of having people pay a deposit and then sending them an invoice later. Or they don't have to pay anything up front. You can send an invoice later. And then once you have all these all the different ways that you want to generate revenue in your business and you have the different products or the different services that you want to put out there set up with the right tools, then you can go into, well, how do I market this out? How do I put this out into the market? Because to be honest, you may come up with eight or nine different ways that you can make money in your business. But by the time you put it out to the market and by the time you have studied your customer and you learn their behaviors and you learn what they like and what they don't like. And by the time you put it out there to the market, you may find out that only two of them work and you just stick with those two. And maybe the other streams of revenue is for a completely different target uh, market. You never know until you really put it out there. You put, you look at the data, you gather everything, you study your customer you get different insights to what you think will work and you have to test it. There's no true and tried way to make it work. Again, you have to find that formula that works for you and make adjustments as you go along. So I want to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Um, Please follow us, like us, share us, do all the things. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to our newsletter at geekempowered.com. And we'll talk to you guys next time.